Hello and welcome to Gibraltar Stories. I'm sorry the podcast disappeared for a couple of months. Coronavirus rather interfered with things and as I record this, we're now in our eighth week of lockdown in Gibraltar and as with everyone else, we've had to adjust to this new normal in our lives. This episode was supposed to come out towards the end of March but sadly that wasn't to be. It's here now though, better late than never. As International Women's Day was celebrated on the 8th of March, I decided to focus on some of Gibraltar's inspiring women and tell their stories. We heard from local businesswoman Denise Matthews, musician and songwriter Leila Bujeja and journalist and broadcaster Alice Mascareñas. I'd planned to round off the series with a look at a special International Women's Day conference which took place in the first week of March at the Sunborn Hotel. Here it is now. Back in the days before lockdown, when coronavirus seemed like a distant threat, in early March, the Gibraltar Federation of Small Businesses and Women in Business Gibraltar hosted a conference for International Women's Day. Speakers included men and women from the worlds of business, health and well-being, broadcasting and the police. A whole host of topics were covered, from work-life balance to relocation and keeping healthy whilst coping with everything life throws at you. Among the guest speakers was Justine Picardo, a lawyer and business owner and mother of three children. She's also married to Gibraltar's chief minister. She spoke in a panel discussing how to advance your career and was questioned on the perils of multitasking and balancing family life. In my home, at least, my children probably see us both both work just as hard and do just as little domestically. So, um, you know, it's... it's (laughs) It's one of those things where, it, you know, it, it, it's, are we putting them on the back foot because we show that we are multitaskers? Maybe. But also, you know, you cannot, it, it doesn't mean that you cannot show them the value of doing things. And I think you need to teach your daughters and your boys to do the same thing. And it's just about showing that, you know, I am a woman and I'm able to do all of these things, but I think my husband is able to do all of these things as well. It's not about just, you know, it's finding that balance that works for you and your family. Um, and, you know, whether we are good multitaskers, whether men are not, whether they are, is just really much about individuals as well, not just about women. Um, and, and we do bring that onto ourselves, and sometimes we have to think back, which is what I was trying to say earlier, you know, to take a step back and say, hang on, I don't need to do all of this. I, I can, you know, take a break from it, and I don't have to be the perfect mum, the perfect wife, the perfect um, lawyer and, you know, businesswoman and et cetera, et cetera. Between the panel discussions and speeches, there was ample opportunity to mingle and network. The ballroom at the Sunborn Hotel was packed with delegates keen to get an insight into how to make positive changes. Another panel guest was Dr April Nielsen, a GP practising in Gibraltar who takes a particular interest in matters of mental health. She spoke movingly about the need to speak out when things are going badly for you, a matter which was very pertinent given the fact TV presenter Caroline Flack had recently taken her own life. I used to be a surgeon and I loved it. Um, I was a bowel surgeon, so I used to walk people into surgery and move them out. They didn't have cancer anymore for me. That meant I was making a change. When I came to GP, I had to make the life choice. The women spoke very clearly before about why they made the choices for me. It was a life choice. I've got three little boys. I said to my husband, how, how can I help people now? I'm not helping. I'm giving them tablets for high blood pressure. I'm you know, giving them antibiotics. I'm not helping. And through my practice of the last six years, it's just evolved that it was in the UK. Unfortunately, I'm very lucky it's followed here in Gibraltar as well that 
I've got mental health patients come and see me, word gets out, people come and see me because I can make a difference. And I'd like to think that I do make a difference with mental health. So for me, that's my achievement. I don't think people from the end of it. save people, I do have suicide people, suicidal people. And in about six years as a GP, I've never had anyone committed, even though I've had people in front of me that I was so worried about, that I would bring back every day just so they've got someone to touch base with, because people don't have the facilities to see counsellors, they don't have all this wonderful other spiritual stuff, people are in bad places and they, they reach the doctor, that's what they do. So I'm usually on the first port of call. No two cases are ever the same. No one's mental health issues are ever the same, and that's okay. I get really affected, as we spoke earlier, about these celebrity deaths, these reality stars, these people on Instagram with millions of followers, because they were such shy, shining lights. They were beautiful people. They looked glorious. They looked lovely. They give you the illusion that they have the life that you want, and yet it can affect them. So if, if one person can connect, like one 15-year-old girl, and say, well, Caroline Flack felt that low that she had to do that, perhaps it's time that I reached out and spoke to someone, because I know if Caroline Flack would have reached out to any of the medical community, any therapist, anyone, we could have helped her. I do know that she went to a, um, a wellness retreat in America. I can't speak about American medicine. I just wish she'd touched with perhaps the medical in our own country. Just the Samaritans, anyone that could have shown her this isn't the answer, because suicide is never the answer. And you were part of a panel that was looking at wellness in general, spiritual health, mental health, yeah. physical health. It's something that quite often as women we neglect because we're so busy looking after everybody else. Yeah, women, women in one way are really good at coming to see doctors and if they're feeling a little bit low, they'll come and say is this normal, I feel a little bit too low, I feel a little bit stressed. And women will can help see what, why they're stressed and compartmentalising why they're stressed, this part of their lifetime. They've got a lot of going with the kids, they've got to go to work, they've got to do the partner, stuff like that. Um, but they do all link together. And I don't want to say women are slightly better at mental health issues. Um, they're better at seeking help. The men are really terrible, so it's always the men that I want to get to because we know that... Women will talk and talk and talk, and if someone's talking to me, then they're not going to harm themselves. A man who doesn't talk and just isolates himself, I mean, he can sit with his family at dinner, but be isolated in his head. No one understands what he's going through, financial burden, stuff, stuff like his job, you know, things like that, will literally just go and end their life. And they're the ones that worry me, and they're the ones that I really, we need to get the message through to, and I still don't think we're doing it because there's still quite a stigma. Uh, towards men's mental health, the men don't talk about it. Men have to put a brave face on it. And that's fine, be brave, but come and talk to me. It's, it's braver to speak to someone and reach out and ask for help than braver to sit there in isolation and feel sad. So I don't want this for anyone. I don't want it for any family. The last of the day's talks was given by the Assistant Chief Constable of West Yorkshire Police. I'm Catherine Hankinson. I'm one of four Assistant Chief Constables with West Yorkshire Police. I'm the National Police Chief's Lead on Missing People in the UK. I'm the Chair of Police Netball UK. And I'm the National Police Ambassador for Onside, which is a national charity that supports the growth, the growth sorry, of youth zones for young people in the UK. But I'm also a wife, a mum to two children, three if you count my grown-up stepson, a sister, a daughter, a friend, a netball teammate, 
I'm sure many of you in the room have a kaleidoscope of things in much a similar way. But I'm always, irrespective of the role that I'm performing, a woman. And for the last 24 years in policing, a woman in a predominantly male-dominated environment. What brought you here today then to speak and close this amazing conference that we've experienced? Yeah, so Janet uh, Breer, who's one of the organisers, has obviously some connections to West Yorkshire Police from the past. And I think they just wanted somebody perhaps a little bit different than a business person to reflect on their... Um, career and perhaps how it felt being a female in a, a predominantly male-dominated environment um, and so she put a request in and here I am. And how's your experience of Gibraltar been so far? It's been fantastic actually, it's the first time I've been to Gibraltar. Um, everybody told me it was small, I didn't realise quite how small um, but fantastic, I mean I left snow yesterday morning so to come here and it be sunshiny um, and yeah, it was just, it's just a really nice... I've had a little walk out at lunchtime just to try and experience a little bit of Gibraltar whilst I'm here so that I don't just fly in and fly out. Um, yeah, really nice, really nice. And just it just feels like being at home. Brilliant. Well, how's today been for you? I mean, certainly from my point of view, it's been an incredibly positive and inclusive experience. Yeah, it's been... You know, I, I love coming to these kind of, of conferences because you always well the first thing is I'm always struck by you know people's stories and some of the kind of adversities that they've had to overcome um, some of the challenges that they've had to you know battle against in 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 business uh, or in their careers in general um, but you always take away um, kind of snippets of bits of advice that you've never kind of thought about or heard before that you think actually I'll that's a really good idea I'll use that or I'll speak about that in, in the future um, and I think it generally just leaves you with a real positive kind of vibe that um, you know there's a lot being done um, in general in terms of women's progression in all sorts of careers not just business the police but you know and, and really importantly as well I think a lot of the messages that we've heard today you know I think a lot of people in the room with children irrespective of whether they're boys or girls you know I think it's a really positive message for for the kids and their understanding of equality as they're growing up definitely now now talking about children and family life your job obviously is incredibly demanding how do you how do you find juggling both sides of your your life as it were I think I, I always get asked that question and I, I think it's I think if somebody would have um, landed me with two toddlers without any preparation or thinking time I think I would have imploded um, but things kind of happen to you gradually in life don't they and so you know when you're pregnant you're thinking about how's this going to work you know how what am I going to do when I go back to work am I going to be able to go back full time and then you do and then you know I think one of the really strong messages from today is just how many people now have partners who also work full time and so that it's that real team effort and that you know reshifting the focus away from this being well you've got children now so how are you going to cope mum to how are you going to parent these kids because both of you are working and I think that's that's a really positive message um, so I think you just got to be ultra organised really good team um, and I think the kids just they just assimilate to what they know don't they so they've always known us working weekends and sometimes only one of us being home and not all of us being at home and that's just what they grow up with and they see us both going out to work and they know what we do it's just what they're, they're used to, so good organisation like a boot camp, I would say.
<laughs> in all walks of life. In all walks of life, yeah. <laughs> and what about yourself in your career? Have you experienced any, any issues getting to where you are at, you know, at a senior level within the police force? Do you know, I, no, I haven't. And I do reflect back sometimes and think, have I missed something? But I genuinely have never felt um, that being a female has either, you know, progressed me quicker or held me back. You know, I really do feel uh, um, that policing is, is a very fair... Um, I mean, 30% of women now, um, or 30% of the, of the police force in the UK now is women. And it feels to me and when you chat to a lot of the the females at work you know it feels to me like there's not really that kind of sense that we don't get the same opportunities as the, as the guys because we do um and that's great and you know it's a it feels like a really fair environment of course there'll always be you know things on both sides um male and female other underrepresented groups where we can do more um but in general, I think it's a really fair organisation service to work within. And I think, you know, as, as a female, I've never felt that I've, I've been hindered at all in the organisation. So you would recommend it to any young women who might be considering it as a career themselves? I would, yeah, I really would. And sometimes, you know, you have days where you think, why on earth have I chosen to be a police officer? But I guess everybody has those days at work, don't they? Um, and even now that I'm not kind of out and about every day um, going to incidents even with in quite a, re- a remote way it still feels like that you know I and my colleagues for sure make a difference to people every single day and you know I do say that to people a lot that you know you're never going to be rich being a police officer um, but if you genuinely join because you want to help people and because you want to make a difference, then you'll get that in spades more or less every single day. And I think that's a, a massive motivating factor about being a police officer. Gibraltar's Minister for Equality, Samantha Sacramento MP, had opened the conference and returned at the end of the day to bring it to a close. Perhaps one of the biggest criticisms of women is ourselves and that we are overcritical, that we always strive for perfection. And I think that we need to not be so hard on ourselves and actually celebrate our achievements. But overall, not just celebrate our own achievements, but those of us who are at a particular level professionally or in our careers, I think that we all have a duty and a responsibility to give back. And as I said earlier this morning in our opening, it's... an individual and a collective responsibility that we have to take from here. Today I'm sure has been an excellent conference but we really need to take away what we each can do when we go back to our organisations to improve diversity and to improve the progress for women because until we are treated as equal and until we have achieved Um, the balances that we need, we cannot stop. One of the planning committee members behind the conference is Janet Breer from Women in Business Gibraltar. She explained to me why the conference had been arranged. Initially, Women in Business, it's their 30th anniversary this year as a network. 
So it was established in 1990. Uh, over the last three years, I have been chair of Gibraltar Women in Business. And over that three years, we've looked at transforming it until December of last year, where it merged with the Gibraltar Federation of Small Businesses. So we are now part of a wider and bigger network and intend to help and support women going forward. And today, what was the theme? What was the, what was the, the main driving force behind today's conference? Bringing a lot of leaders in Gibraltar, but also international leaders, uh, and get them, create a, a buzz within Gibraltar for women to get together and support each other. Uh, and I think that's what the Women in Business Network has been. It's been a support network for women in business over the 30 years. Uh, it was established by Lydia Darham, and that has been a fantastic initiative that she set up 30 years ago. And that, it still, that still has happened today. But uh, in terms of that journey, sometimes we, we all uh, continue in our own little worlds instead of supporting each other. And really, the support is key. And we want to make sure that the Gibraltar Federation of Small Businesses now, which incorporates women in enterprises, we are rebadging ourselves, uh, that that then continues to do that to help new businesses, startups, women in professional roles. We're there as a support network to support each other. I think one of the things I took away from today was the fact that very often, as a woman, in whatever line of business or, or role you are in life, you feel like you're ploughing a lonely furrow. But hearing all the stories from all the different speakers and members of the panel, it just reinforced the fact that we're all going through the same thing, effectively, aren't we? Absolutely, we are. And I think the theme for International Women's Day this year is Each for Equal. Uh, and we want to make sure that we move forward on an equal platform, uh, both uh, at home and at work. Is that possible, though? I think it is possible. Gibraltar is a small country. And to me, working in a small country, you can achieve it, most definitely. If you take people on that journey, together we can all do that. And we are benefiting by being on the board of Gibraltar Federation of Small Businesses by having a 50-50 board. So we work now more closely with the government on, on policy issues, uh, on issues for business, but now we can also work on equality issues, which we are doing anyway with the Department of Equality. And uh, the Department of Equality with the mentorship programme, it's just a fantastic initiative. Uh, and this year they've, they've progressed with uh, women in STEM. So all of that, you know, it just helps to move forward and gel together women and men on an equal platform going forward. And that can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another of the organisers, Dr Jennifer Ballantyne Pereira, said that she was very pleased with how the event had gone. Very positive message and also um, some sense of a collective experience. A number of the panels have, have reiterated certain issues from different perspectives, but ultimately, yes, the, the issues remain the same. Are a balance in, in the workplace, the gender um, equality within the workplace, balance between work and home, the who does the lion's share of, uh, say, child-minding, or, or all the organising that takes place before you leave your house in the morning. Who's taking the kids to school? Who's collecting them? All of that. So, so I think ultimately a lot of the, the presenters at our panels we're all talking about the same things except from different perspectives. 
um, in a way that's reassuring because it's very easy for women to go home and think, you know, this is it, it's only me and everybody else is more organised than I am, it's just me. And we blame ourselves and that was another issue, we need to be kinder to ourselves. And, and yes, and not so hard on ourselves. So there were many, many points that were very important. This thing about being kind in ourselves and on others, I think, resonates. And really not pulling up the ladder behind us so that no other women can make their way up. That's another point, really important, because there are some women who may do that. Um, but I think that my policy is always, yeah, to keep that ladder down and help everybody else up. At the reception after the day-long event, Catherine Morgan, who'd been on stage in the morning, and Glenda Smithson, who'd been a delegate, were very impressed with what they'd seen and heard. Incredible. Empowering, inspirational, um, sometimes thought-provoking and a bit emotional. I'd say completely engrossing and absorbing. I, I didn't, I wasn't bored by any of it. I, I was tweeting during it, you know, so some people might have thought I was distracted, but I was actually tweeting. Um, and it all kind of linked, you know, about, I, I thought what she said at the end about fail, first attempt in learning. Um, it, it's been a lot about failing and learning. And about being kind to yourself. Oh, yeah. That came through throughout the whole day, from the beginning to the end. Looking after ourselves first, and then looking after others. It's incredibly important, isn't it? Because, you know, for women juggling family life and a professional life, at what point do you have the chance to actually look after yourself? Because you're yeah. doing, doing everything for everybody else, aren't you? And trying to be perfect at everything. Um, yeah. And doing too much. Yeah. 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 Doing things and not that... asking for help. Yeah. Yeah, and doing the things that other people think you should be doing or you think other people think you should be doing um, and, and rather than the things you actually want to do. Would you come again next year? Definitely, I'll book my ticket today. Huh. What she said, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's been amazing. I think the organisation's been brilliant, the speakers have been unbelievable. I think the, the opening speaker was so, you know, be crazy good, was fantastic. The closing speaker with her personal life stories and, and, and it, it was just amazing. Thank you to everyone who spoke to me at the International Women's Day conference and to the organisers for allowing me to attend. It was a truly inspiring day. And thank you very much for taking an interest in Gibraltar Stories. If you enjoyed listening to this, please share it with your friends and consider reviewing Gibraltar Stories on your favourite podcast app. I'll be back again soon, all being well, with another Gibraltar story for you. The Gibraltar Stories podcast was produced, presented and edited by me, Lindsay Weston. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, goodbye for now. <laughs>